In the previous Mishnah, we learned about somebody who gives a pundokis, an innkeeper, who is an Amha'aretz, produce for her to cook for him. So when he gets the produce back, he has to separate mices from it. But even before he gives it to her, according to one opinion, he has to separate mices as well, because she might switch his produce for her produce, and she'll eat your produce. And if you don't separate mices, then you would have caused her to eat untithed produce. However, according to Rabbi since it would be dishonest for her to switch them around, so that's her problem. He doesn't have to do anything to stop her from doing the Avera, if the Avera is only brought out via her dishonesty. Now in our Mishnah, we've got a case where Hanusin Lachamusay, somebody who gives produce to his mother-in-law in order for her to cook something for him, Ma'ases Shunusin Law, he has to separate Maestras from that which he gives her, and then when she gives him back the cooked dish, the Eshunusulmena, that which he takes from her, he also has to separate Maestras from that. And the reason for this is very interesting, because she is suspected of switching that which she ruins. For example, if let's say she burns the food, she's not going to want to serve to her son-in-law burnt food, or food which she ruined in some other way. And Omar Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda explains, and really the previous part of the Mishnah was also according to Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda is just explaining the reason that she wants her daughter to be happy and she's embarrassed of her son-in-law. She's embarrassed to serve him burnt food or ruined food. So here she's not exchanging it. She's not switching the food for other food because she's lying. She's doing it because she's embarrassed to serve ruined food. And because of that, you have to separate maestros even from that which you give her to prevent her from doing an avera by eating the food which you gave her. She'll be happy to eat the ruined food herself. She just won't want to serve it to her son-in-law. Now there's an opinion which is not mentioned in our Mishnah, the opinion of the Chachomim, who argue, and according to them, we don't suspect her of switching the food around. She won't be that embarrassed of serving this food to her son-in-law, and therefore you don't need to separate maestros before giving it to her. And as for the produce which she gives you back, so you only need to separate maestros from that if you didn't already before you gave it to her. But the point is, you can assume, according to the Chachomim at least, that that which she gives you back is from what you gave her. Now, Modi Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda agrees to the Chachomem that he doesn't have to separate Maestras in a situation where Benaisin Lachamoso Shavias, he gives his mother-in-law produce for her to make him a dish during the year of Shemitah. So he gives her non-Shemitah produce which is permitted to be eaten, and in this scenario we're not worried that she'll come to exchange that for her produce, which is Shemitah produce which is therefore forbidden to be eaten. She is not suspected of switching it, which would end up being that she would be feeding her daughter Shemitah produce, which is certainly forbidden, and the reason for this is because at least for Amiha Oretz, the way they look at things is that for them Shemitah is more strict and more severe than Tevel. And therefore they're more worried and they're more careful when it comes to the laws of Shemitah. And they're willing to go through the embarrassment of giving her son-in-law ruined produce, a ruined dish, rather than feed him and her daughter Shemitah produce because she knows how severe that is. In general, since an Amoretz doesn't take Maestras from his produce, if he claims that on this instance he did separate the Maestras, he's not believed, because in general he doesn't, so why should we believe him that on this occasion he did separate the Maestras? However, our Mishnah is going to bring a couple of exceptions to this rule. Somebody who buys produce from somebody who is not trusted about Maestras, i.e. an Amoretz. So this is a regular case of somebody who buys the Mai, 
So he's going to tithe it and then be able to eat it. However, the Shochach Asran, he forgot to separate the Maestras from it on time, and then it reached Shabbos. And on Shabbos, it's forbidden to separate Maestras. Just like it's forbidden to fix something physically on Shabbos, fixing something by making it allowed to be eaten is also forbidden. But that means that you won't be able to eat this produce on Shabbos. However, there's a mitzvah to eat more food than usual on Shabbos. You can fulfill the mitzvah of having joy on Shabbos by eating. And because of that, we want to find a way to allow this person to eat the produce on Shabbos even without tithing it. So what is that way? So that Shalom Shabbos, if you ask him, if you ask the Amharetz who you bought it from, on Shabbos, whether he did separate mices from this produce, and the Amharetz says that he did, then Yochel Alpiv, the buyer, is allowed to eat it based on his mouth, meaning he can trust the Amharetz in this scenario that the tithes have been taken from it. And even though we generally don't trust the Amharetz, there's an exception here. Because interestingly, Shabbos was such a reality to the people of those times, that listen to this, ignorant people who didn't know Halacha properly were afraid to do Averus on Shabbos. So even though during the week they might be happy to lie, when it came to Shabbos, because it was a holier day which they felt, and they had awe of the holiness of the day, they wouldn't lie on Shabbos. and something for us to aim for. But be it as it may, since he wouldn't lie on Shabbos, if he claims that he did tithe it, then you can trust him and therefore you'd be able to eat the produce on Shabbos, the Demai produce, even without having tithed it. However, the only reason why we use this leniency is so that this person can have enjoyment on Shabbos. And therefore we believe this person. But as soon as Choshech Motzei Shabbos, as soon as it gets dark on Motzei Shabbos, and it's no longer Shabbos, we can no longer believe the Amoritz on Shabbos, even though he's likely to be afraid of lying, not all Amiharets would be afraid of lying, even on Shabbos. So we only apply that leniency on Shabbos itself, so that you can have enjoyment on Shabbos. But as soon as, as it's no longer Shabbos, there's no mitzvah to have enjoyment from the produce, and therefore you would need to tithe it, you cannot eat that produce until you separate the mices from it. Furthermore, says the Mishnah, if you didn't find the Amharets where you bought the produce from, there's still a solution, and that is, if somebody else, who is also not trusted about Maestras, another Amharets, if he claims that Musarinhain, he knows that that produce has been tithed. Here too, so that you can have the enjoyment on Shabbos, we do trust the Amaretz because he is not suspected of lying on Shabbos, and therefore Piv, he is allowed to eat to the Maestras based on his mouth, based on this Amaretz's words. But once again, of course, as soon as it's dark on Motzei Shabbos, he can no longer eat that produce until he separates the tithes. We once again do suspect the Amaretz of lying, even on Shabbos because there were a few Amiharets who lied on Shabbos. As we have explained a couple of times already, a tenth of one's produce goes to the Levi, and that is my suggestion. And then when the Levi receives that, he has to give a tenth of that to the coin, and that is known as Trumas Meiser. And we explained that when it comes to the my produce, the buyer doesn't need to give the Meiserishon to the Levi, he only needs to separate it. But then he can eat it himself, because the Levi can't prove that he that it's entitled to him. However, when it comes to the Trumas Meiser, the buyer himself has to give that straight to the coin because a non-Kohen can't eat Trumas Meiser. Now the halacha is that if one unit of Truma, or Trumas Meiser, gets mixed with a hundred units of Chulin, which is regular produce, then the Chulin nullifies the Truma, and the entire mixture is permitted to be eaten. We view it all as Chulin. However, if there aren't a hundred times more Chulin than Truma, then the entire mixture is viewed as Truma, and forbidden for a non-Kohen to eat. So the Mishnah states, Trumas Meiser shall demai, Trumas Meiser which was taken from demai, and Trumas Meiser is one one hundredth of the whole produce, and then Shechazan and Koimah, it returned to its place, meaning it fell back into the mixture of demai. 
But over here, there are only 99 chulin units and one unit of Trumas Meiser. Because the Trumas Meiser is one one hundredth of the entire thing. So there are only 99 left. Which means that the entire mixture is now viewed as Trumas Meiser and therefore has to be given to a coin. However, since in reality, only one one hundredth of this Demai mixture is Truma, we're just not sure which one. So this person doesn't have to give the entire mixture to the coin for free. Rather, he can sell it to him. He would sell him the whole mixture for the price of 99 units. Because obviously the coin doesn't have to pay you for the Truma. He only pays you for the 99 units, and he receives the 100, including the Trumas Meiser. However, even though he's able to sell to the coin the mixture, so he doesn't lose out so much, he still does lose out quite a bit, because the price of Truma is worth less than Chulin. Because since there's far less demand for Truma, because only Kainim can eat it, so it's worth less. And this person can only demand that the coin pay him in terms of Truma money. The value of Truma, which is less, which means that he does lose out. So in order to prevent him from losing out so much, in this scenario, Rabbi Shimon Shazuri Omer, Rabbi Shimon Shazuri says, Even on a weekday, he can ask the Amha'oretz, who he bought the Demai produce from. He can ask him whether he did separate Mises from it, from it. And if he did, then he can trust him and Yochel Alpiv, Rapiv, he can eat by his mouth, meaning he can trust him, and based on his words, he can eat that produce, the entire produce, and not have to sell any of it to the Kohen, because it was never really Demai, which means that it was never really Trumas Maisa either. And the reason why he's believed even on a weekday is because an Amaharetz will not want a Kohen to do an Avera of eating Trumas Maisa. The punishment for that is death by the hands of Hashem. That's very severe, and therefore the Amaretz will not want you to do the Avera, so he will be honest when he tells you that he has separated Mises from that mixture. Mr. Bates, we're now going to see another example where the Amaretz would be believed if he claims that he did separate the tithes. On who makes a neder, which is a vow, forbidding his friend to benefit from him unless he eats at his house. One is able to say that if somebody doesn't do such and such a thing, then I am from now on forbidding him to benefit from anything of mine. That's one form of a nader. And so in this case, let's say Ruvain really wanted Shimon to come and eat at his house. And the Yerushalmi explains that we're talking about where Ruvain is making a feast for his child's wedding. So it's a very important feast for him. And he wants Shimon to come. And he says that if Shimon doesn't come, then I'm forbidding him to benefit from anything of mine. So it's clear that he really wants Shimon to come. However, Shimon's got a problem because Shimon, Shimon doesn't trust Ruvain with regards to Maestras. Because Ruvain is an Amharetz. And even if an Amharetz claims that he tithes his produce at a particular occasion, he's not believed in general. However, this is another exception, and the reason why this is an exception is because if Shimon doesn't go to Reuven's feast, his big meal which he's making for the wedding, then that will cause them to have a very bad relationship. So for the, for the sake of Darche Sholem, for the sake of maintaining peace between them, the halacha is that Shimon is allowed to eat with Reuven at his meal on the first Shabbos after the wedding, when they're celebrating the wedding. That was considered like the primary celebration of the wedding. Even though he doesn't believe Reuven in terms of Mises in general, because he's an Amaretz. As long as Reuven claims that he did separate the tithes from them, from that which was being served in the meal, then Shimon can eat there, and he can trust Reuven, because if he didn't go there, then there would be a very bad relationship between them in the future. However, if he makes another big meal on the second Shabbos after the wedding, so he won't be as insulted if Shimon doesn't come to that one. He wants him to come, and even if he makes another need there, that Shimon won't be able to benefit from him if he doesn't come to this second feast. 
Nevertheless, he won't really be as insulted if Shimon doesn't turn up to that one, because that's not considered as of as much of a major celebration as the first Shabbos was, and therefore Shimon cannot go there, because the whole reason for the exception, the whole reason why we do believe Ruvain in the previous case, is to maintain the peace between them. But in this case, their relationship won't be harmed so much, and therefore the exception does not apply, and therefore, as usual, he cannot eat at Ruvain's house, he cannot eat Ruvain's meal, unless he separates the Miserus, but he cannot trust Ruvain any longer after the first major celebration. Mishnah Gimel, as we have explained, when it comes to separating Mises from Demai, the only tithe it really needs to be given physically is Trumas Mysa. Because all other tithes other than Trumagodela can technically be eaten by a non-Kohen or a non-Levi, which means that the only claim which the Levi has, for example, to his Mysa Rishon, or which the poor person has to his Mysa Oni, is a monetary claim. And as such, we apply the rule of Hamoitzime Chavero Olof Haraya, that if somebody wants to take something from somebody else, in this case the Levi wants to take the Maeserishan, for example, from the owner, from the one who bought this Demai produce, he needs to prove that he, can, he is entitled to it. But here we don't know whether the Amoretz took the Maeserus already, which means that the Maeserus which the buyer is taking, is separating, is only out of doubt, and therefore the Levi cannot take his Maeserishan, because he can't prove that he is entitled to it. However, although the Maeserishan does not need to be given physically to the Levi, it still has to be separated, or at least designated, from the Demai produce. Now, since you're not giving it to anybody, it's enough just to designate a part of that produce as Maeserishan. You don't have to physically separate it away from the mixture. You could say the te- a tenth of the produce on the north side, so the northern part of the produce, that corner, or that side, should be Maeserishan. And you need to do that for two reasons. Number one is in case the Maeserishan has not been separated, you need to remove the Tevel status of this produce, and therefore you need to separate all the tithes. You need to designate all the tithes, at least even without physically separating them. But when it comes to Mycerician, there's another reason. Because Trumus Mycer has to be taken from Mycerician. And therefore, first you designate the Mycerician, and then you would physically take a tenth of that and give it to the Kohen as Trumus Mycer. The discussion of our Mishnah is whether the Mycer only needs to be designated. Now, poor people, according to the way we're going to understand the Mishnah, although they didn't give the Mycer Oni to the poor people from their produce, they did separate it. They would separate a tenth of their produce as Maeser Oni, and then they would just eat it themselves. They knew that eating Tevel was very severe, so they would separate the Maeser Oni away from it. However, they thought they could get away with just eating that themselves and not giving it to the poor physically. And because of that, one does not need to designate a part of the produce as Maeser Oni when it comes to the Mai. Because you can assume that the, that the poor person already designated it. And as we said, it doesn't have to physically be given to the poor person from the demai produce, but it needs to be designated, but you can assume it was designated already, and therefore, the buyer does not need to designate it again. However, the Chacham and the Chacham say that since you don't lose anything from designating it, curry shame, you should designate it. You should call a part of it Master Oni, because there is a possibility that the Amoretz did not even designate it. However, if they agree that Vein Sarkhul Hafresh, you don't need to physically separate it away from the mixture, because that is only necessary if you're going to give it to the poor person. But here, the poor person has no proof that he is entitled to it, and therefore he does not receive the Master Oni.